Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome, everybody. Today, we're talking all things business plans. This is an episode that you're going to want to tune into if you are a nurse leader in an organization or a corporation, overseeing a hospital, overseeing something in academics. Um, It's going to be for that nurse leader, and it is also going to be for the nurse entrepreneur. So we're going to talk about how to create a business plan for the organization you're working for or for your own organization to establish it and make sure that you're going to have money and revenue, income string, and that kind of thing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, you might be listening and like, why do I need a business plan? And so I can tell you that if you're looking for additional staff, if you are looking for uh, additional equipment, if you're looking for anything like that, you are going to want a business plan so that you could get stakeholder buy-in so they'd be more likely to understand your project and support it so that you could get it moved forward. In terms of a a nurse entrepreneur, you're going to want a business plan because that is going to outline all of the ways that your business is going to make money and help you decide what you need to set price points at and what you need to charge and what you need to make to stay viable as a business. So we're going to start off by talking about a traditional business plan in an organization. Let's say, for example, we need staff, right? We need staff or we need whatever it is that your unit is asking for or your department is asking for. You're going to start off with a plan. And so you want to really begin with thinking about what exactly is it that you are trying to accomplish by getting whatever you are trying to get. So if you're trying to get additional staff, what is it that you're trying to accomplish with that? Is it a safety issue? Is it a, you know, what is it that you're looking at? If you're trying to get additional equipment, what ultimate outcomes are there going to be? And when you're thinking about outcomes, think about it in multiple different perspectives. So think about it from a quality lens, think about it from a patient experience lens, think about it from a safety lens, think about it from an accreditation lens. Um, So you want to be able to speak to each of those pieces in your business plan. And then the biggest piece, which most nurse leaders forget, is that money talk. And so your plan should always, always, always talk about the financial benefits of whatever it is that you're asking for, right? So we're asking for new equipment. Let's think about financially, how can this help? And I hear a lot of people say, you know, it's, it's, there's not going to be a financial um, piece to, you know, something that I'm trying to work on, a project that I'm trying to implement, a piece of equipment I'm trying to buy. There's 100% always financial implications. So I'll give you an example of a time somebody told me there was no financial implications. It was somebody who was asking to create a business plan to start a project, right? So they're looking at, hey, I want to implement this new project. It's going to involve training the nurses, but we already have nurse educators, so there's not going to be a cost there. And then we're going to be able to roll it out and have these awesome patient outcomes. The reality is there's a lot of financial implications to unpack in that. So for starters, who's paying the nurse educator salary? Just because you have educators doesn't mean that they're free. So a lot of times we forget that just because the institution has the resources doesn't mean they're free. They're getting their salary paid somewhere. And if they weren't using the time on what you're asking for, they'd be using it on something else. So you want to factor in the cost of the salaries 
you want to factor in the cost of the nurse educator's time in that example. You'd also want to include any uh, money you would spend around training materials. So is there going to be training materials on the computer? Are things printed out? Do I need a special room? Are we going to be booking that room? Again, don't think just because your facility has that room that it's free. It's not. Somebody is somewhere is taking an accounting of how often that room is being utilized and there's being charged back. So you want to make sure you account for that. And then lastly, the time that it takes to train the nurse. So let's say we're going to be training on something. What does that look like? Are we going to be doing a 15-minute huddle? If we have 30 nurses times 15 minutes, what is that financial implication? So that's going to be the cost, the cost that is associated with that. And then you want to look at what the revenue or what the return on investment is going to be. In that case, you might think, I don't know what the return on investment is. So maybe this training that we are doing is going to prevent falls. You would then want to really think about and look at the cost of falls to your organization. If that data is not available, look, you know, there's research out there. There's, you can go on even Google, but there's literature out there that talks about the cost of falls to the organization's. Um, And then you're going to do your cost-benefit analysis. And so I'll teach you about cost-benefit analysis when we do the budget episode. But for now, we're going to just stick to what needs to go into your plan. So you're going to start your business plan off with who is going to be involved in the business plan. So it's you and who else is going to be the developers or the people that are creating this business plan. You want to give it a title. And then a lot of times you'll want to think about a PCOT question. So if it's a program that you're trying to implement, if uh, you're trying to you know, advocate for a new position, things like that, you want to talk about a PCOT question. So for those of you, just to bring you all the way back to PCOT, PCOT is what is the population we're looking at? So are we looking at nurses? Are we looking at doctors? Are we looking at patients? Who is it that we're trying to do this project or buy these equipment for? What is the intervention? So is intervention buying a new piece of equipment? Is it a new program? See the comparison, what are we comparing it to? So we're saying, you know, it's today versus tomorrow, or are we saying one unit versus another unit, one department versus another department? The O stands for the outcome. What outcome are we looking for? And then the time is T. That's how long it's going to take to do the project. So in the example I gave you, the PCOT might be something along the lines of, population is going to be nurses. The intervention is we are going to be doing some education using an escape room. The comparison is going to be traditional competencies. Our outcome is decreased falls over 30 days. So that's the time. And so that'd be an example of the PCOT you would put in there that just kind of gives the reader of this document a quick synopsis of who, what, where, when, why, and you know why should I invest any more time into this? So we have our name, our title, our PCOT question. Um, that's going to help us understand why do we need to have these additional resources? Why do they need these extra nurses? From there, you're going to run to write a quick executive summary. Now, the executive summary should grab the audience. That first sentence should wow people. So it should be something along the lines of like if we're looking for staffing, unit 60 is understaffed this amount of time and these are some of the outcomes we're seeing on that unit as a result of chronic understaffing. I'm making that up. You want to make sure you include the why in your executive statement, the most high-level essential information, and then make sure you're grabbing that audience and then that you provide the solutions or the recommendations in that executive summary. In your executive summary, you should include topics like a quick one sentence, what is the cost savings? 
the return on investment of hiring these nurses, the return on investment of buying this equipment, the return on investment of putting this program into place is ABCD things. That needs to be in the executive summary. One sentence, you're going to grab attention in that way. Next, you're then going to go ahead and talk about how it relates to the mission. So you want to really fold into like, how does this support my mission? As a nurse executive, when people would bring me things um, to approve in terms of, you know, stakeholder buy-in and approval, I really looked at, does this support the larger mission of my organization? And if I can't tie it back to that, I'm going to have a problem approving it. So you want to make sure that there's those implications there. And then you want to address who the stakeholders are. So you'll have in there, who are the stakeholders? You know, are we looking at directors? Are we looking at finance? Are we looking at nutrition? Are we looking at, um, you know, provost? Who is it that are the stakeholders that are going to be involved in this? And what is expected of them if we roll this out? So if you're looking for additional staffing, stakeholders might include CEO, CFO, um, your nurse executive, those kind of things. So look at who the stakeholders are, what you are asking for them to include in there. Now, another huge piece, so that's executive summary, is then going to be something called a detailed abstract. And so an abstract gets into the nuts and bolts. So most people will not read beyond the executive summary. That executive summary has to be so convincing that I'm like, okay, I'm now going to read and I want to understand the details of what it is that they're asking me for. There's different things that you might want to include in the the detailed abstract. So you're going to want to elaborate on things like finances. So What calculations did you use so that they can follow along to say, oh, yeah, that's where the return on investment is. So that's where you would include that calculation for return on investment. That's where you would include, you know, the total cost of that FTE or the total cost of that new equipment, something like that. You want to also so you'll have your financial section in your detailed abstract. And then the second section is going to be your market analysis. What do you mean I need to do a market analysis? I'm not in marketing. It doesn't matter. You have people that you're going to have to market what you're doing to. So if you have additional staff that you're looking to grab, you're going to want to make sure that you have addressed how you're going to discuss that with other units, with other you know staff members. If it is a project, you want to look at what's the impact of that project. How is it going to impact this unit? How is it going to impact other units? Is there demographics that we need to discuss, right? So it's not just nursing. Maybe we need to talk about other to other departments about what our project is. Those are the marketing, right? So it's not necessarily like PR, public relations, that kind of thing, but it's the marketing aspect of how are we going to share our plans around this business plan with those that need to know. Things that you might want to include as well. Um, let's say, for example, you're looking at like staffing. Um, you want to include things like, Pair considerations. So is there pair considerations in making sure that we have this additional staffing? Um, other competitive factors. So that might be something you want to include when it comes to different salaries, pay, different types of equipment. Um, and then you want to make sure you include in their projected volume. So you want to look at your ADC, your patient census. We know it varies. So all of those kind of things are going to be included in that market analysis and how we're going to describe it. The next section in your business plan is going to talk about the operations. So Where is this going to be held? Is there a certain management structure that needs to be happening? Who we need to make sure we get approvals for on before we move this on? And so it's going to be, what are the operational implications of you putting in this business plan? You're going to want to also include any requirements that you need in order to do whatever it is you're trying to do. So what are the requirements that are going to be required for you to get this equipment? What are the requirements that are going to be needed for this project? Are there going to be any facility changes or 
requirements that are going to be needed? Is there any uh, informatics staff, medical staff, staff requirements? Are there regulatory hurdles to what it is that you're trying to look at? And are there any implications in terms of payers? So you want to make sure you include all of that there. Another section in that business plan should really be the feasibility of what it is that you're asking for. You So you want to do a risk assessment, which I like to include a SWOT analysis in. So the S is going to start for our strengths. What are our strengths that we have in this organization to support these things? When we're looking at the example I gave you around the education, some of the strengths are we have an intact education department. Um, we have resources to help us implement an escape room. I'm making it up. W is going to be our weaknesses. Where are our weaknesses lie? Maybe our weaknesses lie in we um, don't have enough staff to cover patients. So it's going to be difficult to get them to this training. O is our opportunities. Where are opportunities? Where are things that we can leverage? Maybe we are part of sisters facilities and we can leverage floating other nurses in and out. And then T is going to be our threats. What are the threats to this? Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Maybe the threats are potentially increases in our COVID numbers. So you want to make sure that you have a SWOT analysis completed that discusses the feasibility of what it is that you are asking to do, whether that's project, purchasing equipment, capital equipment, or having you know increases in staffing. When it comes to the, the business plan, the very last section should really be in the appendices. So and your appendices are going to support whatever you um, are claiming. So if you, for example, are saying, you know, according to this literature, this is the best example of, you know, the type of equipment we should use, or this is a better way of us doing staffing, you want to include anything that the person reading it might want to dig into, right? So anything that supports any of the evidence that you put into your business proposal. Now, the highlights of this, again, you want to have a strong executive summary, one paragraph of the one, two, three punch. What is it that is going to pique this person's interest? Make sure it is always addressing what's in it for them. So you may need to pivot your business plan a little bit if you're presenting it to finance versus if you're presenting it to frontline, whether you're presenting it to a provost or you're presenting it to a union. So you want to make sure that you always discuss an executive plan, what's in it for that stakeholder, specifically what's in it. And then make sure you address the other areas that we talked about. And then lastly, like I said, make sure that you really have all of the numbers worked out um, so that it makes financial sense. And you can discuss, hey, we're going to invest, you know, half a million dollars today. I'm making it up. But our return on investment is going to be within three months. We're going to have made that back and then some or whatever it is. So make sure you're able to articulate. Yeah, we're going to need this, you know, upfront investment if that's what you're going to need. Yet, this is how it's going to pay for itself or this is how we are going to see some returns on our investment, right? Our quality is going to improve and that's going to equal this amount of dollars for the organization. So that there, my friends, is business planning 101 for somebody who's working in an organization, corporation, hospital, um, academic facility. Now, the next tool that we're going to talk about is called a business canvas. And this is something that'll be extremely useful for nurse entrepreneurs and nursing leaders. So this is another form of a business plan. I'm going to walk you through what it looks like and then you will be able to create one on your own. So it is a one-page document, usually done on a PowerPoint, and I will share an example of this on our website. And the one-page document, the very first column that you are gonna ask yourself is who is gonna help you? Who are the key partners in your business? So I'm gonna use Nurse Leader Network as an example um, to give you some examples of how you can create this business model canvas. 
Key partners for Nurse Leader Network is going to include things like my podcast guests, product developers, people that help me develop the products, um, Indeed.com, because we want to help nurse leaders connect with other nurses. Um, obviously, nurses and nurse and entrepreneurs are definitely going to be key partners in this. Uh, healthcare tech companies, and then affiliates, right? So we can do some affiliate marketing. So that's the key partners for Nurse Leader Network. The next question you ask is, how do you do it? What are the key activities of the organization you're going to do? For Nurse Leader Network, content development and course creation is a huge piece of how we do business. So content development, I have the podcast that I put on and we have the blog. Another key activity, consistent email and social media. So those are different contacts and ways that we can help other nurses and make sure we constantly have partnerships. Things like finding affiliates, planning out, writing a book, and then building a really expansive network. So those are the key activities that in a nutshell, that's what I need to do, right? So building an expansive network, what does that look like? You'll do that in a second step, but right now we're just laying out what we need to make this business work. The next question, speaking about need, is what do you need? What are the key resources that you need for your business? For Nurse Leader Network, it's things like making sure that I have CEU accreditation. So we offer courses and we give nurses CEUs because of those. Making sure that I have an email list, right? I have to be able to email the nurses to let them know, hey, we have these offerings coming up. Making sure that I get feedback from nurses. I want to make sure that the material we have at Nurse Leader Network is valuable. So I need to have all of these nurses' needs are so that I can make sure that we can offer that. We have to make sure that we have a platform for teaching and podcasting and my website. And then we have to make sure that I have podcast guests. So those are all different things, podcast equipment, those kind of things. Those are all things that I need to make sure that I can do my key activities. The next question is, what do you do? What is your value proposition? What sets you aside from other organizations? Why should people come to you? The value proposition for Nurse Leader Network is we help provide nurse leaders a place to go for tools, for tips, and support to achieve their career goals. We also offer CEUs. So those are some of the things that we do in a different way. So big point on that around what you do. You can do what other people do because no one is like you. So the way you are going to do it will be different. Think about hairstylists, right? Just because there's one hairstylist on the planet doesn't mean that nobody else can go into hairstyling because nobody can cut hair the way the one person can cut hair. Same thing with your business. If you are in the wellness space, if you're in the writing space, if you are in any of the number of things, health coaching, things that nurses could do, don't think just because somebody else is doing it that you can't do it different or you can't do it better. So wanted to kind of give you those heads up. Think about taking the first step, right? All of these organizations that are massive right now, Amazon, Tesla, all that they took the first step, they failed, they got better, they failed, they got better, and they continue to grow. And that's what you need to make sure you do. So when you're thinking about what you do, your value proposition, I want to make sure that you're very mindful about not necessarily comparing yourselves to others because what you do, nobody else can do. The next thing you're going to answer is, how do you interact? How do you interact with your customers? How do you interact with your customer relationships? In Nurse Leader Network, we look at making sure that nurses get personalized experiences, right? So people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time, and I answer my LinkedIn. I don't have an assistant that answers it. When I get emails about the podcast, I answer those emails very personal. Um, I answer messages on Facebook, on Instagram, on my Twitter. Those are all coming from me because I want to make sure that it's personalized to the nurse that's calling me. Um, and then 
making sure that other interactions are through my email list and then a variety of other formats. So that's how I interact with my customers to get the feedback that I need to make sure I pivot to give them what they need. Who do you help? This is going to be designing your avatar. Who is it that you help? So this is going to be your customer segment. My segment of nurses that I tend to help tend to be um, newer nurses or those nurses who are trying to transition in leadership or nurses who want to become a chief nurse executive because I've been in all of those roles so I can easily facilitate and help folks grow in that area. Who is it that you're going to be growing? You want to think about the riches are in the niches when it comes to your business. So if you're in the wellness space, you don't want to say, I help everybody get well. You want to be very specialized, right? I help Hispanic women between the ages of 21 and 35 learn how to use the gym. So get very, very specific around what it is that you do as a health coach, very specific with the customer segment you have. And then it'll expand out, right? Because people will talk about what you're doing. And if you say, you know, I want to go into a a larger niche, I want to go into different ages, I want to go into different genders, different whatever it is, um, you'll have that capacity. But you want to start off very niched so that you can get very good at helping people get the results that they're looking for. Two more questions. One is, what is it going to cost? What is the cost structure of your business? My business is a digital business, so it's all technology. So I use things like Teachable, Bluehost, Buzzsprout, Gmail, those kind of things. So those are all the costs that I factor into creating my budget. I also look at if I'm putting on conferences or if I'm doing virtual events, what are the costs for those? I also look at things like virtual assistants, Facebook ads, any cost to keep my CEU accreditation, those kind of things. So those are all of the costs that you're going to be thinking about for your business. Do you have a brick and mortar? Are you concierge? Do you do things um, via telehealth or telemedicine? But you're going to want to look at all of the things that cost. And you want to include just the names of things, but eventually you're going to use this to form your budget, right? All of your different line items. Lastly, how much are you going to make? What is your revenue stream, right? If we don't make money, we will not be in business to help those that we are trying to help. And so you're going to look at where is it that you're getting revenue. Um, At this point, you don't need to make estimates because, again, that's going to come with budgeting, but you are going to think about where's your revenue stream. So for Nurse Leader Network, we look at some of our affiliate marketing, our courses and workshops, some of our events, some sponsorships that we have on the podcast, um, different physical products, study guides, job postings, um, things like that. So we do a lot of these types of things for Nurse Leader Network, and those are revenue streams. and you'll find that it's going to change over time. So I started the podcast with really no intention to uh, become a public speaker. I love speaking, which is why I started a podcast and, and, you know, didn't write the book first. But I have found that I've had people approach me to speak for their conferences and they're paying. So you'll you'll find that this is just an estimated guess on what we think we are going to have for revenue streams. And you'll see that that's going to grow and change as your business grows. So that is the business plan for nurse entrepreneurs who are trying to open their own business. If you are just at that first step, you want to think about these are the different things that you have. This is also a really great tool to use for the nurses that are working in different organizations, right? We want to look at, as a school of nursing, for example, who are we going to, who's going to help us? Who are our partners? How are we going to do it? What are the activities that we are going to do to make sure that we have whatever it is that we need as an academic institution? What do we need? What's our value proposition as a school of nursing? How do you interact? How are we going to reach those students that we're trying to recruit? Who is it that we're helping? Are we targeting a certain demographic of student? What is it going to cost? And then how much are you going to make different ways? So this is something that, again, can be used for entrepreneurs, but it's also a really great tool for nurses that are working in hospitals, 
outpatient settings, and any number of, you know, different uh, places, Microsoft, anywhere. You can use this tool anywhere. That's what we have for you today, folks. So we've done a lot, a lot, a lot. This is probably another episode where you'll have to go back and take some notes. But again, we talked about how to create a business plan to get what you want in your facility, your organization. And then we talked about how to write a business plan to make sure that the business you own is successful and can generate revenue. Can't wait to talk to you all next week. 